Since bread and water is so easily turned into tea and toast, there's always time to partake with a friend. I'm Jennifer Stowe from Three Sisters Tea Room. And I'm Julia Stowe from Blossom Arts. Sharing tea for a moment today because life is beautiful. Welcome to Tea and Toast. Hi, Mama. How are you today? Well, I'm doing just fine, Julia. How are you? I'm doing very well. Good. I'm really happy to be with you again on this kind of chilly April morning. But it's it's chilly with the scent of spring in the air. It is. I think the temperature's only going up. And that's a good yes. thing. That's a good thing. And um, I'm just really happy that you're here because you're not here all the time anymore. And we miss you when you're gone. So... I'm glad we're here. It's being gone. But I have to say, the other couple months back when we recorded at Cameloft, I enjoyed that so much. So thank you for having me. And I hope we can do that again soon in the future. I hope so too, because part of the joy of having a little space now is to be able to have other people welcomed into it. So right. I enjoyed that too. And you're a very, very gracious hostess, by the way. <laughs> you trained me well. <laughs> oh, no, no. No. But what are we drinking today, Jules? We're drinking a really unique and delicious tea mm-hmm. um, that is... Oolong with grapefruit. Mm-hmm. And I also believe it has a green tea in it, it as does. well. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And this tea was given to us by a dear tea friend and tea room regular. She had experienced it in a tea room and loved it so much she brought some for us, knowing we are Oolong fans. Mm-hmm. So it is a rather roasted Oolong, kind of dark, with green tea in it and lots of dried grapefruit rinds. Mm-hmm. And oil of grapefruit. It is so light and refreshing. I really loved this tea and saved the package. I'm, I would like to buy some more. Well, and I was a little skeptical because normally oolong shouldn't be messed with. It's so good on its own. But these flavors really complement uh, the oolong nicely. I agree. I'm with you. Oolong is, don't mess with it. Whether it's green or roasted, just let it go. It's perfect the way it is. But the addition of grapefruit was so surprising. Now you and I are not fans of the citrusy flavors Mm -hmm. being added to coffee popularly right now. So along with you, I was highly skeptical, (laughs) pleasantly surprised. And I think we've had three pots of this tea (laughs) re-steeping and it was just a lovely tea. Mm -hmm. So Julia, do you have anything to share with us today? Maybe a cultural experience or cultural moment in any way? I'm going to share what I'm really, really excited about right now. Okay, let's do that. I am heading over to Oxford this summer. And uh, so we need to record some podcasts for future posts as I'll be gone for a couple of months. Well, I'm just so jealous. Maybe I could just come in your suitcase. You come with me. It would be more fun if you came with me. And we could record over there. How about that? Yes. Well, you're not going to brag about yourself, so I will. But you've been, you have been offered a place for a summer term at the University of Oxford in England. And you had applied to Oxford some time ago. Mm-hmm. And then something like COVID hit. And just recently in March, all of the restrictions were lifted, both traveling in and out of the country and also to Oxford. So you applied again and they gave, offered you a place. I'm very proud of you. I think you're going to have a marvelous time. You're staying for two months. And what are you studying? I'm going to be doing two courses, one in the Romantic Poets, which will be just great fun, and then the other one in Old and Middle English, which is the one I'm really excited about because that is what I've been studying for the past several years. So you'll be able to go into the Bodleian Library that we've only ever seen in pictures and sort of dreamed about 
actually going into yes. yeah, they have privileges to go there. This is a tremendous opportunity. Really, the realization of a of a adult long lifelong dream of yours. Yes, yes, it really is. Uh, of all the different places that I'd love to travel, this one is sort of the birthplace of my area of study. Yes, and um, to be able to go just for the history mm-hmm. and know that. These are the streets these great authors and great linguists walked on. It's pretty exciting. Yes, and what better place to study Old and Middle English than sort of the heart, the cradle of where it all started to be taught, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I'm so happy for you. You leave June 1st, yes. and you'll come back August 1st. Yes. So we have a summer without you again, but we're so grateful and so happy for your opportunity to go, Julia. I wish you could come. I know, me too. Go to a lot of tea rooms. I'm going to make you an itinerary of tea rooms you have to review for us okay I will and I'll send lots of pictures okay what a wonderful wonderful cultural moment you've shared (laughs) well what are we talking about with tea today oh that's right we have to get back to tea okay right well today we're talking about tea and health and before people just turn the podcast off because they've heard it all before I, I beg you please not to because I actually was looking at some things recently and we did do a tea pairing on tea and health and I was interested at some things that I found out about tea that I hadn't really considered before. I knew these things, but I hadn't put them side by side. And I really wanted to share the reasons why you would drink tea for health, but also why you would select certain types of teas for certain types of health benefits. Okay, so if we could just kind of start at the beginning very quickly. In in 2000 BC, Shen, uh, Emperor Shen discovers tea, floats into his boiling water, he drinks it, he's revivified, and he goes, but what most people don't realize is he went on for many years studying tea and its health benefits. And he discovered that tea, drinking tea, helped heal people from 70 different types of poisons that were known at the time and several different diseases. So he was an early scientist. He recorded its health properties, its medicinal properties. And for several hundred years, tea was only viewed as a medicine. Traditional Chinese medicine uses the leaves and roots of many plants for healing properties. Tea was one of those. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that modern science has now come along and confirmed some of what Emperor Shenyang knew many thousands of years ago. So we know that tea does wonderful things like elevates the mood. We've seen that in the tea room. We're always so happy filming our podcast. (laughs) That's right. We've seen that played out in the tea room many times. But tea also helps aid in weight loss because it it, uh, revs your metabolism a little bit. It helps to lower blood pressure and cholesterol. It's, there are suggestions that it reduces the risk of heart disease, maybe stroke. And it also boosts the immune system because it contains antioxidants. And antioxidants are things that go throughout your blood system and they gobble up these little free radicals which are kind of like precancerous cells. And that is a good thing. Things like blueberries are antioxidants and there's there's lots and lots of foods and herbs mm-hmm. that have antioxidants in it. So we understand that tea is good for these things. So we understand that tea is healthy. Mm-hmm. 
Well, then if you add, if you take your tea and you add herbs like chamomile or ginger or tulsi, you get even more health benefits. But I'm not talking about any herbs today. I just want to talk about the tea leaves. So tea is very healthy and a lot of people feel like green tea is the healthiest and black tea has all the same properties, but just in lower amounts. And to some extent that's true, but not everybody is looking at tea for the same reason. So I thought we would look at three teas, matcha, ginmaicha, and pu'er. Kind of matcha and pu'er opposite ends of mm -hmm. the spectrum. And many claims have been made about these teas, but there's a few uh, agreed upon health benefits of tea. And those are that it reduces hardening of the arteries, cholesterol, it reduces the chance of stroke and heart disease. It aids in treatment of cancer. And also there's a lot of studies that say it can help with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease, the onset of those. That's still kind of controversial. So we'll just operate with the, these few and say we believe this to be true. Okay. But why is tea so healthy? And really when you think about it, tea contains little polyphenols. And these are things like flavonoids. They help defend the plant from insect in, eating them, from severe weather, from drought. They protect the plant. They repair cell damage within the tea leaves. And so when we take that beverage in, we're getting those properties within us. Tea also contains amino acids and, and trace minerals, all these things that our body needs. Uh, so when we look at the three teas that we're going to talk about today, matcha would be the ground leaf. The highest level of all the good things that are found in tea are going to be in matcha because we're actually drinking the whole leaf. We're dissolving the powder in water. So if you have a cancer or some disease like that where you need to boost your immune system, or maybe you just have a cold and you want to mm -hmm. help your immune system kick in to fight this disease, you want to drink matcha. And so, good, go for matcha. But maybe that's not your reason for drinking tea. Maybe you want to drink tea as it's been used traditionally for many hundreds of years to settle your stomach. It's very, very common that tea was consumed after meals all throughout tea history to help digest the food you just ate. A lot of people today have all kinds of digestive issues and sometimes green tea can really aggravate that a little bit. It can be green, especially matcha, can be a little bit irritating to your stomach. It has it's a lot a of harsh. Mm -hmm, has a lot of caffeine in it, and it can make you a little bit jumpy. So maybe matcha wouldn't be the best for you in this situation. So for digestive reasons, black tea tends to be a little mm -hmm. bit better, but pu'er is actually the best for stomach issues, mm -hmm. digestive issues. And there's a reason for that. Pu'er is the only fermented tea. Pu'er is aged, it's the only tea that's aged, and it's, it's usually aged through, uh, you know, they compress it, mm -hmm. it's damp, it's moist, and then it's compressed. And what happens is little microorganisms start to break down the tea Starting leaves. to decompose. They, it basically starts to decompose. And that, we think about that as like pre-digesting. And we know that when we eat cabbage that we've put under pressure and kind of let the microorganisms do their work that we get sauerkraut and that's very good for our digestion or any kind of fermented beets or carrots or anything mm -hmm. like that we eat to aid our digestion. 
Well, it stands to reason that if we enjoy Pu'erh <clears throat> for some of those same ailments, we're going to have some relief. Now, Pu'erh is a black, dark tea when you brew it, but when you sip it, it just is the smoothest, gentlest type of tea flavor and mouthfeel that I know of any tea. Would you agree? I would agree that it's, it's definitely very, very smooth. I'm not crazy about the flavor, but it's definitely one of the richest mm-hmm. um, teas as far as mouthfeel. And, yes. Yeah. I, yeah, it has none of the acidity that uh, matcha has. You're right. And also none of the harshness that some of the black teas have. Yes. And to me, it's one of the most gentle teas you can sip. And it, it's so soothing. So I often, if when people come to the tea room and they say, oh, I don't really like tea because it makes me feel jumpy or it's, it doesn't settle my stomach, I say, okay, I got a tea for you. You're right. The flavor is unique. It's a little bit like a barnyard, but we just overlook that. It's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. taste, and it's a beautiful color. Mm-hmm. It's like and a that rosy. makes it just even better. It is. But I've had people, especially people who have struggled with digestive issues, sip pu'er and love it. And I'm always struck because it is an unusual flavor. I think when people need it, it tastes, tastes good. right to them. And... Um, but I do think it's an acquired taste, yeah. too. I mean, I don't necessarily struggle with any issues for that, but I love pu'er, so I think it's just the perfect tea. But there's <laughs> one more tea that's come under some studies recently, and I wanted to share that, and it's ginmaicha, which is a sencha green tea, Japanese tea, blended with toasted brown rice. Sometimes people call it popcorn tea because mm-hmm. the rice kernels will sometimes pop and look like little mini popcorn pieces. But it is probably the only green tea that I can drink and really enjoy. I love Genmaicha. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about that because Sencha is very, very mm-hmm. healthy in and of itself. It has a lot of the pr- same properties matcha has. In fact, Sencha, a type of Sencha is often used to make the matcha. They, they pulverize mm-hmm. these leaves. But matcha or uh, Sencha can be kind of hard to drink by itself. I agree. But I love it mixed with the toasted brown rice. So these studies are looking at, they already feel like they have the health benefits of the green tea portion of mm-hmm. this. They're looking at the health benefits of the brown rice. And Obviously, brown rice has a lot of health properties if you eat it. So now they're wondering what will be in the brew when you Mm -hmm. drink it. And what they're finding is the trace mineral component Mm -hmm. is really increasing. So we know that tea has trace minerals, but also the brown rice is imparting more and different minerals into the brew. So we can drink more Genmaicha and feel good about that. So if you're looking just to improve your overall health, not necessarily treat an illness or like a cold or like we were talking about earlier with matcha, or not worried about digestive issues, but you just want to kind of drink some tea that is delicious and will boost your overall health, I think Genmaicha is a really, really good idea. And also, a lot of people like Genmaicha who don't like green tea and don't necessarily like black tea because of that roasty flavor, it's a little reminiscent of a chicory or mm-hmm. something like that. It kind of is mm. a nice balance of those two extreme flavors. It has a little bit of the brightness of the green tea, but also a little bit of the roasted mm-hmm. warmth of a, of a dark tea. Yes, yes. And so I just thought this was very interesting. And I wanted to close with this last 
statement. It was uh, from Harvard Medical School, and they had been doing several studies on the benefits of tea, and it says, uh, tea sharpens the body's defenses against disease, and those who drink it receive multiple health benefits. So I say, drink tea. It's good for you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> to sum up, yes. drink tea. Oh, dear. So, Julia, last time we read a little extract from a funny, humorous piece of literature, and today we'd like to continue with that. So today we're going to be reading an extract from The Flowers Personified, which was written in 1849 by J.J. Granville. And this is a very humorous piece about the coffee plant and the tea plant having a little conversation. So you are the coffee plant. (laughs) And I am the tea plant. And I'm just going to read this little introduction and then we'll go ahead and get started. The coffee flower took it into its head to make a voyage to China for the purpose of visiting her sister, the tea flower. The latter received her guest with politeness, in which might be seen a slight air of superiority. The coffee flower had too much quickness and penetration not to understand this reception, and she had too much pride to submit to it. My dear, the airs which you affect are not at all agreeable. Understand, if you please, that I do not need to be patronized, that I am your superior in every respect. My nobility is six thousand years older than yours. It dates from the very foundation of the Chinese monarchy, the oldest of all known kingdoms. And what does that prove? That you should treat me with deference. You are so insipid that the Chinese themselves have been compelled to abandon you and take to opium. You are no longer a stimulant and a promoter of pleasant dreams, but merely a table drink like cider and small beer among us. I have vanquished nations which have vanquished China itself. I reign in England. And I in France. I have inspired Sir Walter Scott and Lord Byron. I nerved the wit of Molière and Voltaire. You are slow poison. And you a mere vulgar diet drink. Oh, in the melodious murmurs of the tea kettle, one fancies that he hears the spirits of the fireside sing. My color is like that of the fair girl's tresses. I am the posy of the gentle and melancholy north. Mine is the dusky tint of tropical maidens, and like them I am ardent. Like some subtle fire I course along the veins, I am the cupid of the south. Thou dost consume, while I comfort. No, I give strength, you only weaken. To me belongs the heart? Yes, and to me the head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, we have a little saying that when we're working on writing or or something along that lines that uh, coffee is for writing, tea is for editing. Right, so there's a place for both beverages, but what a humorous little anecdote about the two plants having a conversation (laughs) with one another. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you, Julia. It's been great to be with you this morning. Thank you, Mom. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tea and Toast. I'm Jennifer Stowe of Three Sisters Tea Room. And I'm Julia Stowe of Blossom Arts. Find us online at threesisterstearoom.com or blossomartstn.com and on Facebook. Thank you for joining us.